Welcome to Courtside, everyone, a discussion of the post-election litigation. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. Let me translate all of that into uh, lawyers speak. Loser, L-O-S-E-R, five letters like Trump. You lost and you're finally admitting it. Dear viewers, about 3 a.m. this morning, after the Capitol building had been stormed and blood spilled and life lost on that sacred ground, Vermont, that great state, cast their three electoral votes for Joe Biden, giving him 271 electoral votes. This long, this part of our long national nightmare is over. Donald Trump has lost and he has finally admitted it. It's still in many ways a dark day. So it's certainly not Champagne Thursday. It's really just um, Vermont Beer Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it is. Um, but it is the best of beers and it's been saved for a special occasion like this. I don't mean to minimize the gravity of what happened over the last 36 hours. This is something our kids and their kids are gonna be talking about. But here's the thing I want y'all to remember. Despite a group of thugs that were, were trying to hijack our democracy and a president who cheated at every turn from trying to cheat with a foreign power to trying to cheat with the Georgia Secretary of State and others, from a guy who rushed a Supreme Court nominee through not because he cared about the court whatsoever, but because he wanted his justice to support him, to a guy who stoked and incited violence against our Capitol Police and the building itself, leading to bloodshed. Despite all of that, he lost. That he got close is really scary. If a handful of members in the House of Representatives were Republicans and not Democrats, everything would have been different. Your votes would have been invalidated. But for now, the system held. And in 13 days, Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris will become the next president and vice president of the United States. And even Donald Trump, loser Donald Trump, admits that. Here's the bad news. We still have 13 days. And that has created the most amazing velocity around the 25th Amendment and impeachment. Both now the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and the Senate new majority leader, Chuck Schumer, are calling for it. And my, how things change. <clears throat> Just three days ago, I called for a second impeachment of, of Mr. Trump based on the Georgia tapes back when he was just trying to extort and steal an election by pressuring a state official, you know, the good old quaint times, um, not when he was waging war on our institutions of democracy in a much more direct fashion. But when I wrote that piece in the New York Times and talked to you about it, I didn't think that in two weeks an impeachment process would finish, as you all know. I thought it'd take time. But yesterday's events really changed things. And it really started with the National Association of Manufacturers, a centrist business group, like the farthest things from the lefties, as I said before, that called for the invocation of the 25th Amendment yesterday. And so today you've seen a lot of velocity behind this. Why is that? 
There are three reasons why we're seeing so much talk right now about the 25th Amendment and impeachment. First, we have to stop Donald Trump from flexing presidential powers in the next 13 days. I mean, if you think about it, like, would we tolerate this kind of joker, anti-constitutional, thug-like CEO if it were like a company or something like that? Of course not. Even the guy like running the local pizza parlor down the street, I don't want him to have these kinds of attitudes for 13 days or 13 minutes. Now you think about it, Donald Trump is the leader of the free world. Imagine what kind of harm he can do in the interim in these 13 days. He can give away state secrets, as he already did to the Russians in the Oval Office before. Uh, he can, you know, use military force, nuclear force, who knows, in all sorts of ways. Uh, I mean, this is not a guy who's exactly stable. Or most poignantly, as I've mentioned before, he can use the pardon power to pardon all of those thugs from yesterday. After all, President Andrew Johnson did that after the Civil War, pardoning members of the Confederacy, giving them all amnesty. Trump could do the very same thing over the next 13 days. So that's reason one. Reason two, I think we need to set a precedent for the future. You know, I wrote a book about impeachment last year, um, and I argued that the Ukraine stuff and trying to cheat with a foreign power on your reelection campaign was like the quintessential ground for impeachment. And the end of the book, I said, basically, if we don't impeach Donald Trump and convict him, it's going to embolden him. It's going to make him do worse and worse in the days to come. Now, look, I don't think I'm like some sort of Nostradamus or something. I'm just kind of an average dude who's just not a partisan hack. But anyone could see this. If you would cheat with a foreign power to win your reelection, why wouldn't you do the same thing in this way? And so just to set the record straight and to demand what is acceptable behavior of a president, I think the 25th Amendment and impeachment are necessary. And also, by the way, for a modicum of decency, I mean, this is a guy who says, I love you to these thugs after they did what they did on the Capitol, after they shot a member of the Capitol Police. My God. So that's a second reason. And the third reason, I think we need to get everyone on record in the cabinet, in the House, in the Senate, are they going to stand with this man? Are they going to accept this behavior and say, oh, that's cool. You can continue being president. I mean, even after four years of this nonsense, I'm amazed by Lindsey Graham, who see, keeps on thinking that the real deal breaking back, deal breaking uh, move is Trump's next one. He keeps saying, well, this was kind of bad, but it's, you know, only if he does something bad again. How many times do we have to hear this junk? If these people really want to stand with Donald Trump, say so. Have that vote. Don't be afraid. Let your votes live in infamy. And, you know, <clears throat> if you're a member of the cabinet, I mean, come on, there are fewer than 300 hours left in the administration. Almost a third of these jokers don't even have full appointments confirmed by the Congress, and they have the world's worst boss. What do they have to lose? So we quickly went through the 25th Amendment last night, and I want to do a little bit of a deep dive on that tonight, because I think you are going to be hearing more about this in the next 24 hours. So as I said, it was passed in 1967 after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. And the key part that we're talking about is Section 4, which is about removing a president who isn't willing to leave. The other parts are about like if someone gets ill or something like that. But here's what needs to happen under Section 4. You have an initial group of people the vice president, and the cabinet. And they're supposed to 
have some sort of discussion. Doesn't need to be a formal meeting or anything like that. It could be on the phone. It could be over email, text message, even. But they have to decide, a majority of them, plus the vice president, that the president is, quote, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. If they so determine, they are supposed to notify in writing Speaker Pelosi and the Senate pro tem leader, which is Chuck Grassley. At that moment of notification, the president is not the president. The vice president becomes the immediately acting president. Then the president can contest that. He has to contest it in writing. And once he contests it, the group has four days with which to disagree with it. And during those four days, Pence is still president. Okay, so the president doesn't get to take back the reins just by mere disagreement. So those four days can elapse or, you know, they can decide earlier. And this group can decide, well, we're sticking to our guns. And Mr. President, we're removing you, Donald Trump. Or, oh, yeah, Trump, you've convinced us you're actually sane and normal, which is would be an amazing uh, act of persuasion uh, coming from me. I, I really do think that would be pretty monumental. But let's just say they did that. Then, of course, it all goes away. But if there's a dispute between Trump and, Con and Trump and the cabinet and the vice president, it's then going to go to Congress. And Congress has to meet quickly within 48 hours just to establish the ground rules. And then they have 21 days to decide what to do. And they have to take a vote at the end of the 21 days. But here's the thing. For all that time, the president is the current vice president, Pence. Trump is removed from power. Trump doesn't even have 21 days left. So basically, while it does require a two-thirds vote at the end of the 25th Amendment in order to remove a sitting president, we're never going to get there anyway. The clock will run out. This gives the cabinet and Vice President Pence a mechanism right now to remove Donald Trump as president. They could do it tonight. As they say, they can do it by a text message. There's a question about whether or not acting cabinet secretaries count for purposes of deciding what is a majority of the cabinet or not. My view is that they do. The text of the Constitution says that it's, quote, principal officers of the executive departments that are to take that vote. And generally, that's understood, I think, to mean uh, acting secretaries of the cabinet. And the legislative history in 1965 suggests something similar. If everyone counts, acting secretaries as well as Senate-confirmed secretaries, then there would be 15 positions, so eight people in the cabinet would need to uh, to vote to remove Donald Trump. If actings aren't counted, then there'll only be 11 people in the cabinet, and then there would be need to be, need to be six of them in order to remove Donald Trump. Now, obviously, Trump is scared about this possibility. That's why he gave his speech, of course, which is going to go down in the history books as a speech called the biggest loser ever speech, to put the technical term there. And maybe tonight's speech, duplicitous speech by Donald Trump was enough to head off the 25th Amendment. I certainly don't think it should. And I think all of us should be deeply worried about this unstable, insecure, loser man at our nation's home for the next 13 days. But tonight, there is good news. We know, as we've talked all along, from day one at courtside, that Joe Biden is going to be the president on January 20th.
I'll see you tomorrow.